Good morning. Jeez. Uh. How y'all doing? I could do a Joel, you know, like, boy, it's just really cold and, and wish we had snow, but the topic this morning and something I've been praying about for a period of time is something that I know is very dear to your hearts. It's on warfare, on warfare. And uh, the key verse is 1 Timothy 1, 18. And this is where Paul is speaking to Timothy. This I charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, but that by them you may wage the good warfare. You may wage the good warfare. So Timothy was exhorted to trust prophetic words that were given to him, to draw strength and light to wage the warfare. And we have also prophetic words given to us. Look at 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 19. 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. We have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, that prophecy, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word of God is prophecy confirmed, given to us as a light to shine in a dark place. Psalm 119, 105, and, and there's many verses relating to this, but Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I mean, think about this word. You know, I've been using this scripture actually in different teachings, 2 Peter chapter 1, a light shining in a dark place. I mean, that's where we dwell. Um, I was thinking about Revelations chapter 12. It talks about the fall of the devil and, and how uh, he is angry, his time is short. We are in conflict. In fact, it actually says, woe unto you, O earth. In a dark place, a fallen world. Second Peter 1, 3 through 4, says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his great and precious promises. Again, relating back to the prophetic word confirmed. Great and precious promises. And we know that the word of God has spoken individually to each one of us in various ways and forms that God has given us prophetic words to strengthen us in our walk in a fallen world so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Precious promises to shine as a light, to give us strength and power as we wage warfare. This is that prophetic word. Now, if you think about that, that this is what gives us strength, gives us light 
in a dark world. We need to be students of God's word. We cannot get enough of the word of God. And I, I think I've mentioned this uh, before, but I've been trying to find ways uh, to get the word of God more into our family. We've initiated uh, uh, kind of a tradition. I, I read uh, a portion of scripture at the meal. Sometimes they're not happy about that. They've got to stop eating. But you know, it's just a scripture. Uh, in the evening, I try to remember to read to my wife. Just trying to find ways and means by which to bring out more and more light of the word of God. So we need to believe and practice what God speaks to us in times of peace when the heavens are open so that we are in darkness in the midst of the battle. We have what we need. The darkness and warfare is where the test comes. That's where the word of God is tested. Look at Isaiah 50, verse 10. I'll give you a little time here. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of his servant, who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. I remember one time I used this verse and I said, God is looking for darkness walkers. For those who are able to walk in darkness where there is no light and yet trust in the name of the Lord and rely on God. To do this, we must train during peacetime to gain the victory in times of war. When the heavens are open, we need to gather and grow and, and receive light. And I was thinking about military training, and I was thinking about how, you know, the army most of the time is in training. It's times they're in war. But it's constant training. I remember Josh, they'd be over there, and they'd be constantly, as soon as they get back, they immediately start training more. And, and I thought about athletes, and I thought about uh, the saying that, you know, the only way you can get good at something, actually there's three ways you can get good at something. One is practice. Two is practice, three is practice. And I think actually that was in relationship to music, but it's in any area. And so the idea is to, to have this thing down to the point, and, and actually with athletes it's called muscle memory, where it's just an automatic response. You know, they practice continually for that short time of competition and have it to the point where it's muscle memory. And what I got was we need to have spiritual muscle memory, that these things are so ingrained in us and so a part of our life, our normal life, that when we get into darkness, it's just an automatic response. We just kick in and we keep going and we move through it. We need to be able to walk out in the darkness what we have received in the light. Darkness holds no terror for us. God does not change. He is the same in the darkness as in the light. We've talked about this before where the enemy would come and accuse God. How could a loving God allow this, you know, when darkness comes? But Psalm 139, verse 7, says this. This is 7 through 12. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Or where can I, I had this repeated, I don't know, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the outermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, shall, surely darkness shall fall upon me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Even in the darkness, your hand will lead me. Even in the darkness, your right hand shall hold you. God is there. He's with you. Our circumstances change. God does not change. His word does not change. Isaiah 55, 11. And remember, this is where the word is tested in the darkness and in the warfare. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth that shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I used to pray that consistently. You know, you'd share something with someone and you'd feel like, man, there is no result, you know. And then I'd go back and I'd go, Lord, you said your word would not return void. Now, I was faithful. I spoke your word. Okay? Isaiah 46, 11. This is very clear. Isaiah 46, 11. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I also will do it. If God said it, he will do it. God does not change. 1 Samuel 15, 29. 1 Samuel 15, verse 29. Some of these verses are, are really amazing. Psalm 15, 29. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind. For he is not a man that he should change his mind. God is not a man. He is God. What he spoke to you in the light is true in the darkness. You can trust him. He does not lie or change his mind. I remember one time I was sharing on a couple of these scriptures at the Jesus Inn, and I said, it's kind of like, you know, you, you come into a room, and there's all this furniture around, and you look, and you see the furniture, and then, you know, somebody turns out the light, and you go, let's see, couch here, like this, and, you know, you can, you can navigate, right? You, you see in the light, so that when the darkness comes, you can navigate. Now, sometimes, like in my bedroom, and my wife goes to bed early, she'll put something to sabotage me. You know, so I'll, I'll go, I know, da, da. bam, what's that, you know, oh my God. Anyway, so, but um, what, I, what I shared with the people was, God does not move the furniture when the lights go out. Okay, God does not, is that profound? God does not move the furniture after the lights go out. So you can trust it. What you saw in the light, when the lights go out, it's the same. You can navigate in the darkness, okay? God will make a way for you in the darkness. Isaiah 45, verse 2. Isaiah 45, verse 2. I will go before you. Oh, this is good. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. 
Now, this is implying that there are treasures that can only be found in darkness, in the secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord who called you by your name, am the God of Israel. So it's a test for you, but it also proves God in the darkness, that what he said in the light is true in the darkness. He will not only make a way for you in the darkness, but he will reward you with treasures and riches that can only be found in the darkness. The dealings of God many times are a mystery. I always talk about how you, you, know, you, you really have come a long way with the Lord. You've gone through a lot of stuff. And, and you know, when you go into that thing, oh, I've been here before, and you go through that thing, and then there's times God will take you through and say, man, where am I? You know, right on the edge of something new. Always a little further, always stretching you a little more. But he knows what he's doing. And we have to remember in the midst of this, he is in control. Um, I did a teaching here last time where I was talking about perseverance. And I, I labored very hard on the fact that we are in the palm of God's hand. And I just recently did this was I? In another area, but I was talking about, oh, I know, I was down in Dallas ministering uh, with a brother and talking about how we're in God's hand and how everything and anything that happens to us happens to us in God's hands. Nothing can take us out of God's hand. So everything that happens to us happens to us in God's hand. So it isn't like we're, we're, God's over here looking and you go, oh my gosh, what happened? And he gets in there and has to figure it out. The whole time that it's happening, he's watching. Okay, wait a minute, not too much of that. And he's in, he's in control. That's what it says. Okay. Romans 8.28, one of our favorite memory verses. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's after something that sometimes we can't hardly get a glimpse of. Isaiah 55.8-9 My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Many times we don't understand the ways of the Lord. I I read something recently that said, I think it was Spurgeon, he said, we can trust God for the future for the continued faithfulness that we have seen in the past. We can trust God. Because of his track record, <laughs> God's track record, okay? But many, his thoughts are not our thoughts, but we have to trust. He's a good God. I, I, I thought that was the most profound thing Oral said, you know. We have a good God and a bad devil. It's very profound. But that's what Oral said, and I like that. We have a good God, and his ways are always right and true, and he is in control. We are in the palm of his hand. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And in the King James, I I really like this. It says, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That we can know and trust that the end of this thing will be good. And we will be better for it. 
we will have treasures and riches because of it, not in spite of it, that it has a purpose and it is part of the process. God is moving us from light to, to greater light. And I, I thought about this. Every time God takes us into more light, he first takes us through some darkness. Actually, I think it was Spurgeon. Spurgeon struggled with clinical depression all his life. And he said, I have taken this pall and gloom to, to portent a further blessing from God. Every time he went through darkness, he saw it as something God was going to use to give further blessing. Darkness purifies us. It prepares us for something greater. He is changing us, line upon line, precept upon precept. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. To do this, he first has to take us through darkness. Before every mountain, there is a valley. Uh, Oswald Chambers, uh, a Scottish Baptist teacher and writer who many of us know from the book My Utmost for His Highest, he lived in the late 1800s, he said the valley is where God works out the reality of our faith, not on the mountaintop. Nothing has changed in the darkness. God is still God. He has not changed. It was interesting. I had this teaching completed, and uh, I was still tweaking it. But I had it completed, and I was reading in my devotions yesterday, and I couldn't believe it was so encouraging, you know, when you see something like that fits your message after you've already got it done. But here's what it said. This is from uh, Daily Devotional Commentary. It says, God allows trouble to pursue us as though he were indifferent, indifferent to its overwhelming pressure, so that we may be brought to the end of ourselves. Through the trial, we are led to discover the treasure of darkness and the immeasurable wealth of tribulation. We may be sure that he who allows the suffering is with us throughout it. The darkness blinds us so that we cannot see the form of our high priest, yet he is there and deeply touched. Let us not rely on our feelings, but trust in his unswerving faithfulness. Your father is as close to you when you journey through the darkest tunnel as he is when you are open, under open heavens. We must endure the darkness to receive what God has for us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Still keeping this, this theme of warfare and being a soldier. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Just a statement. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If you are a soldier, you must expect periodic wounding and hardship. You can win the battle and still suffer wounds. Uh, one of Jim Garrett's favorite sayings is, if you're going to play baseball, you're going to get dirty. It comes with the territory. And uh, he was talking about that with eldership in particular. He said, you know, you either have to be called to be an elder or be crazy. Because who would want it, you know? The territory is fraught with all kinds of warfare. 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 
1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight. Lay hold. Hold the course. Be a finisher. You started well. Finish well. Hebrews 6.11 and 12. Hebrews 6.11 and 12. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish. I've been praying something constantly. Uh, I said, Lord, I just pray that I become stronger and not weaker as I get older. Now, that, 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 that's opposite nature, but I'm praying that, you know, to continue the course, to have continual fervor, continual, continual uh, strength, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Keep on pressing on. Do not give up. Matthew 24, verse 12 and 13. Matthew 24, 12 and 13. This is in the area where they asked uh, Jesus, what will be the sign of your, your return? And he goes on down through here and he says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. There will be those who give up. The race is not to the swift, nor to he who seems successful, but to he who is faithful to end and finish his course. We must discipline ourselves. We must do what God has called us to do, even when we don't feel like doing it, especially when it is painful and hard to do. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Uh, there was a brother in the Lord, and actually he just recently passed away, uh, Brother Drew Graham. Old Scottish prophet. Uh, he was always old to me, even when he was young, because I was really young, but I think he was 90. I think he just turned 90 when he passed away. But he used to tell me this when I complained about how hard it was to get up early and spend time with the Lord. He'd say, with that Scottish accent, which I can't do, grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and say, get up! <laughs> you know? Grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and get up. Is that scriptural? Well, in Psalm 42, 11, David spoke to his soul. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He's talking to himself. Hope in God, for yet I shall praise him and the help of my countenance and my God. Grab yourself by the scrub. What are you doing? You know better than that, you know. Might be good to do it in the car alone, but you know. To... Although there are people around who go, what's he doing? But we need to do that. Grab yourself by the scruff of the neck. You need to force yourself to do the things you know you need to do, even when you don't feel like it, especially when it is dark and hard. You need to discipline yourself. You need to stretch yourself. Uh, here's a devotional 
from Streams in the Desert, January 21st. Powerful. Power is developed through resistance. And I've talked about that before. You know, divine tension. You know, this is how muscle is built. Power is developed through resistance. Tribulation is the door to triumph. The valley leads to the open highway, and tribulation's imprint is on every great accomplishment. Crowns are cast in the crucibles, and the chains of character found at the feet of God are forged in earthly flames. We will wrestle our crowns from the giants we conquer. There's one verse where it says, there's going to be giants in the land. He said, there's going to be giants, but they're going to be bread to you. Meaning, as you eat them, you will grow stronger. As you beat them, you will grow stronger. You will wrestle your crown from the giants you conquer. It is no secret that grief has always fallen to people of greatness. The mark of rank in nature is capacity for pain. And the anguish of the singer makes the sweetest strain. Great is the easy conqueror, yet the one who is wounded sore, breathless, all covered o'er with blood and sweat, sinks fainting, but fighting evermore is greater yet. When the battle is raging and the darkness and gloom settle in, do what you need to do. This is when you reap the greatest reward. This is where true victory is wrought. Be one who just won't quit. Whether it has to do with prayer, whether it has to do with something God has called you to do, our spiritual life, just don't quit. Here's another quote from My Atmos for His Highest. The sufferings of Christ are not those of ordinary men. He suffered according to the will of God. It is only when we are related to Jesus Christ that we can understand what God is after in his dealings with us. God's way is always the way of suffering. We must learn to trust him in the darkness with what we have learned in the light. We must wage the good warfare and fight the good fight. When the dust of the battle settles and all is said and done, may we be found standing in him having completed our course the victory having been won. Amen.